broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Today on the clock in Unnecessary Roughness 2023 NFL Mock Draft, we have the Seattle Seahawks at number five, the Detroit Lions at number six, of course the Raiders at number seven, and the Atlanta Falcons holding it down at number eight. So those are the four teams that will be represented this afternoon here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel, as he always is, and of course your boy Q here with you from two to 420. So we got you for two hours and 20 minutes. We have to uh, break a little bit early for uh, Aviators Baseball as we are the home of the Aviators as well here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So we'll break out of here a little bit early today, but that does not mean we won't get plenty into the show. And we will get plenty into the show today. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up. Excited to talk to you and really excited about uh, uh, the conversation and one of the topics that I have for the show today. And it's so funny. I've been talking about this for I don't know how many weeks now, uh, that there's always going to be a moment in the draft where something's going to happen and you're going to wonder, wow, or why? You kind of say to yourself, I didn't see that coming. And how does that affect you? How does that affect the the Raiders, obviously, moving forward? But there's always going to be that moment. Well, Raider Nation, that moment hit me earlier today. I'll explain what I'm talking about in a little bit, but I do want to get into the guests that we have coming up on the show. As a matter of fact, coming up in about uh, 15 minutes from now, Curtis Crabtree, Fox 13 in Seattle, will join us to talk about the Seahawks and what they could do at number five. And DeMond, they're a team I look at and say, they could throw a monkey wrench into a lot of the plans, right? I mean, we talk about Arizona at number three, that there's going to be some teams that are going to be interested to probably trade up there. At number four, with the with the uh, the Colts, they might actually be the team that tra- trades with the number three spot, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. But number five, I feel like Seattle could go in so many different directions. Yeah, you know that cliche, the draft starts after this pick? Oh, yeah. I think that, that, that yeah, that'll be the Seahawks. <laughs> because I, we know, I, I think it's uh, safe to assume that three of the first four picks are going to be quarterback, and then let's say Will Anderson, best defensive player available. But the Seahawks, they may be the team where they'll shake some things up or maybe a team will say, well, we thought that guy was going to be here at 7 or 8 or, you know, the way the rest of the top 10 shakes out in the draft. So the draft starts with the Seattle Seahawks. It really could. And so far, if you're just catching up to us and looking at our mock draft that we have so far, Bryce Young is on the off the table at one to Carolina. C.J. Stroud is off the table, number two to the Houston Texans. Uh, Will Anderson is off the table to the Arizona Cardinals at number three. And then Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, went number four to the Indianapolis Colts. So a couple guys that are still on the board of interest. Jalen Carter, where is he going to go? I would not be shocked if we talked to Curtis Crabtree, Crabtree coming up in a few minutes and he picks Jalen Carter at five. That wouldn't shock me. Also, it wouldn't shock me if he went with Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Tyree Wilson, maybe Will Levitz. I mean, there's so many different directions that that he can go, Curtis can go with our mock draft, but in, in, in the real draft next week on the 27th when it all gets started, there are so many different things they can do, including picking Jalen Carter, right? I mean, that's the guy, and I've been kind of targeting Seattle with Jalen Carter for a while. I would not be shocked if they go in that direction. If Anthony Richardson just happens to be on the board, I wouldn't be shocked if they go in that direction. There's a lot that can happen at number five. So Curtis Crabtree, Fox 13 Seattle, will join us in a matter of minutes to talk about the Seahawks and what they're going to do on our mock draft at pick number five. Then at 2.30, right after Curtis, we'll have David Burkett, freepress.com from the Detroit Lions. He's been covering the Detroit Lions for a very, 
very long time. And they're interesting to me. They're intriguing to me. They just made that trade last week. Jeffrey Akuda to the Atlanta Falcons. Does that mean that they have a hole in their, in their minds at the corner position? They filled a couple of those voids during the offseason. Uh, they also filled the safety void uh, with Chauncey Gardner-Robinson. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Robinson, right? That's his last name, right? Johnson. Johnson, yeah. Robinson Johnson. I knew it, man. Thank you. I'm glad you got that right for me. I knew it didn't sound right, but there you go. Uh, he's he's there as a safety on a one-year deal. So, you know, could they kind of re-dip into the cornerback market and go and get the top quarterback, like a, a Witherspoon or a Gonzalez, whoever they feel like is the guy? Could they go with Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter? I mean, there's so many different options that Detroit uh, can do, but you got to give them a lot of credit. I wasn't believing in them last year at all. Right, They had the whole Hard Knocks conversation and Dan Campbell's talking all this big, bad stuff. And I remember on this very show saying, yeah, whatever. I ain't believing all that hype, man. I'll believe it when I see it. And you know what? Detroit put in a good season. Right? It, wasn't, it didn't end the way that they wanted it to. And their defense was not worth the salt. They couldn't stop me and you from scoring. But they could score. They did some really good things there in Detroit. So this offseason, this season, uh, this draft is going to be very interesting for Detroit. So David Burkett, freepress.com, will join us at 2.30 to put pick number six in for the Detroit Lions. Then we'll pivot away from the NFL draft as far as guys making selections and have our normal Tuesday guest. That's John McClain, gallerysports.com. We'll talk all things NFL. We'll talk about the Jalen Hurts signing, what that means for Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about uh, different moves that are being made across the league. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to get traded? Is Buda Baker going to get traded? Does he expect to see some veterans on the move uh, You know, on draft day? Allen Robinson gets moved earlier today from the Rams to Pittsburgh. They continue to dismantle their, their roster, <laughs> right? I mean, they're, look, they went, to their credit, they went all in. They won the Lombardi. They won the ring. They said, screw those picks, not in those words, but they said, screw those picks. They didn't worry about those. They went all the way in. Now they're in that position that John actually talked about, I want to say about a year ago, where he said, yeah, it's going to work out for now, but when push comes to shove and they really have to you know, get that team together, they're going to look up and they're going to be in trouble. Well, right now they're in trouble, but the Lombardi helps them buy some time. Right. If you're going to be in trouble, be in trouble with a Lombardi behind you. Right. That's OK. I'm all right with that. Exactly. That's what I would love to be in that kind of trouble. Right. <laughs> in trouble with a championship. Right. Nothing wrong with that. So, uh, you know, just talk about we'll talk about the Rams with uh, with John and then also the Houston Texans. Right. We had Landry Locker on representing Houston with the number two overall pick yesterday. And he was very reluctant when he went and grabbed C.J. Stroud. Like, I mean, everything that he said in the whole conversation leading up to the pick. He was basically leaning like he was going to go Will Anderson. Then all of a sudden, when he heard the chime, and we've got the chime uh, right here, you know, you'll, you'll hear it live, just like this. We got it. As soon as he heard that, I don't know if he all of a sudden felt the heat. I don't know if he started sweating, got the little beads on his forehead. I don't know what it was. But all of a sudden, he just went, all right, I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. And, and I just, like the logic he used of, hey, yeah. DeMarco, D'Amico Ryan, he talked to his friend Robert Sala right. in New York because that is one of those things where the Jets showed us last year, you can have all the pieces, the, the running back, the receivers, yeah. the top five defense, but if that quarterback isn't worth the salt, the, to- the whole team is still in trouble. No doubt. And, and the thing about it is the Jets still ain't got their quarterback. How long has this Aaron Rodgers thing gone on? Feels like months. I mean, you know it's, what I'm saying? It feels like as soon as the season was over, we were talking about it's this. It's like, can I get this? Can I get rid of this? Is this like the gift that keeps on giving? You know, it's like earlier today, no joke, I actually had the uh, Fresno uh, Fresno County of Child Support set, called me on accident, right? It wasn't for me. I saved the message just to prove that it wasn't for me. But I saw, I saw it pop up on the caller ID, and I was like, oh, no. 
<laughs> that ain't for me. I'm long gone, but it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Like, no matter what, you can't get away from it. They literally called me, but they were meant to get someone else. I literally have the, the, the voicemail saved just, just so I could prove to myself. And got me a little hot under the collar. I almost got like Landry Locker, man. My, 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 el- my, my, my uh, sweat started getting on my forehead. I'm like, wait a minute. What they want with me, man? This is, this is long gone. So, I, you know, I didn't answer that one. Sent right the voicemail. Checked that voicemail, and they said, oh, this message is for so-and-so, so-and-so. And I said, whew, that ain't me. <laughs> That's like Aaron Rodgers, the gift the keys all given, man. It's, it's like, just can't get rid of the guy. Like, this is such a long, drawn-out saga, man. The Jets, they, they fumbled this situation from the jump, man. No, I don't think they fumbled. Well, they did fumble. Yeah, they did. They fumbled. But I'm saying- they, they publicly said what they wanted to do, and they didn't go out there and get the compensation taken care of before they went and wind and dine with Aaron Rodgers. Right, I, I saw this. I saw this tweet earlier today from some dude who said he was trying to take some female out, and I don't know if this is real or not. But I just I read the <laughs> I read the tweet, and it was pretty funny. And he said that he he like took a screenshot of the text message conversation. She said, "Can you have send me two fifty for a babysitter tonight?" And he said, "What's what's the two fifty for?" He said, "For the babysitter. I'm I'm a mother of three, so you know part of us going out on the date is you taking care, you know, paying for the babysitter for the kids." And he said, "Oh, I didn't sign up for all that." I signed up for a good night, but I didn't sign up for all that. That's not in the budget. I'm sorry. So, you know, I had to let it go. Well, that's what they needed to do, man. They needed to figure out the budget before they started whining and dining. Needed to figure out exactly what the expectations were <laughs> before any of that got, before they got anywhere close to saying that they wanted Aaron Rodgers. Now they're SOL pretty much. It's Aaron Rodgers or what? But what are the Packers going to do? I don't know what the pa- Packers, they have all kinds of different options. They got all kinds of different options, right? I mean, obviously they want to roll with Jordan Love, but if they really want to push come to shove, they could be like, hey, if you want your money, come back. Sounds like the Packers are saying, I, we don't have to win. We both just have to lose. Where they're, they're saying, we're going to be crappy next season. We're not going to get any compensation for this. We're going to roll the dice with Jordan Love. But we're not, man, sounds like the ex that's still holding on. Well, that's what called baby mamas. <laughs> Boy, this has been a good show already. <laughs> We're nine minutes in. This has been fantastic. <laughs> this is how we roll. So John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock talking all things NFL like he always does on Tuesdays at 3.30. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. He normally joins us on Monday at 2.30, but since we're doing this mock draft, thought he'd be the guy, perfect guy to make the pick for the Raiders at number seven. So uh, Ed Graney will join us, all things Raiders, and make the selection at number seven. And then my guy, Michael Rothstein from ESPN, he'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk about ATL, the Atlanta Falcons, what they're going to do at number eight. Of course, they picked up Mac Hollins. Uh, they also signed Calais Campbell just the other day, not too long ago. They made that trade for Jeffrey Akuda. I mean, they're trying to put some things together. And DeMond, I'll say this. Look at the NFC South right now, and this is not a slight to anybody, but the best quarterback in that division right now is Derek Carr. Now, Without a doubt. Right, without doubt. Carolina's going to have a rookie. 99.9% sure it's Bryce Young. They're, they're going to have a rookie. Tampa Bay, I mean, are you sold on what's going on in Tampa Bay right the now? The progressive man. Right, exactly. Are you sold on the progressive man? Not at all. Okay. I think Cal Trask may beat him out. I don't know who's going to beat him out, but it ain't Tom Brady, right? So you got Carr, you got most likely Bryce Young, you got the progressive man, Kyle Trask, whatever you want to say out there, you got them, and then you got Carolina. Or Carolina already said it's going to have a rookie, so who else you have? Uh, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, and the ones we're talking about. They've got Desmond, Desmond Ritter, Ritter, and they've got uh, they've got the guy from Washington uh, that a lot of people called in and wanted uh, the Raiders to go get. Remember the backup in, in Washington? Heineke? Yes, Heineke's there too. 
Yeah, they know he was there, but they've yeah. been so sold on Desmond Ritter. Like Desmond Ritter was there. We don't want. We right. don't want to look at Lamar Jackson, right? Because we have which Desmond I think is, Ritter, which I think is BS. I think they should definitely be interested in Lamar Jackson. But that's a whole nother side conversation that you know I'm not willing to have right now. But we will ask Michael Rothstein coming up at four o'clock. He'll be our last guest of the show, and we'll close the thing out again at four twenty because we got to get off a little early because of Aviators baseball. So Curtis Crabtree in a matter of minutes. David Burkett at two thirty talking Lions. John McClain NFL. Ed Graney with the Raiders, and then Michael Rothstein. Coming up at four. So we're locked and loaded. We got a big time show for you. Before we jump into the opening drive, I did want to throw this topic out there. And before you call, before you call Curtis tomorrow, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. First of all, just like yesterday, I want you to give the second four picks in the 2023 NFL draft. So Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, and Falcons, where are you going? Uh, the fourth, first four that are already out there, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and, of course, Anthony Richardson. Those are the four that are off our board. So what are the next four? Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, and Falcons. I want to hear that. And then also... And this is the scenario that hit me earlier today as I'm part of ESPN Nationals mock draft and I'm picking for the Raiders. So I've been selected to do that, which is great. Well, they hit me with the first six. And basically, let me tell you the text. I'll read you the exact text from my guy, Evan. He, uh, he hit me up. Hold on. Now I got to find it. Oh, man. This is on the fly. Here we go. Cues on the clock. Yeah, here we go. We said, just an update. Still waiting for the number six pick. But so far, here's who's off the board. Bryce Young. Will Anderson went two, Tyree Wilson went three, C.J. Stroud went four, Jalen Carter went five. So those are the first five in the ESPN national mock draft. Number six, Devin Witherspoon to the Lions. So my response was, damn. <laughs> and he said, wow, that was, Fitz's, uh, that was Fitz, Jason Fitz's uh, reaction as well. And I said, well, great minds think alike. So what that means, what that boils down to is Anthony Richardson and Christian Gonzalez are, are on the board. So, Raider Nation, I asked you the question, 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest in the don'tbebroke.com text line, a 69187 keyword r If Anthony Richardson and Christian Gonzalez and Will Levis are all on the board at 7, not having to trade up for any of them, if they're all available at 7 like they are right now in ESPN Nationals mock draft, what should the Raiders do? And this might help influence me because i got to make the call tonight. I've got to make the decision and send it in to the fine folks in Bristol tonight. And it's all on me. It's riding on me. So I want to know, what should your boy do? Richardson, Gonzalez, Will Levis are all available at 7. What should the Raiders do? 69187, keyword r That's the question that I throw out there to you. And now we'll jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So again, think about that question. If Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis are all available at number seven, what should the Raiders do? And I'll tell you right now, I am really struggling with this one. There is that Anthony Richardson on my shoulder telling me to, to pick, pick Anthony Richardson. He could be the best quarterback in a long time. He's got all the traits. He's got the work ethic. Yeah, he's very inexperienced, but got Jimmy G. He can learn under Jimmy G. And then the other, the smart part of me tells me, Christian Gonzalez can really impact the defense. The Raiders need as many impactful players on defense. Like I, I know the song and dance. I know the reasoning for going with Gonzalez. I know the reasoning to go with Richardson, but I'm really torn right now. I did a radio interview just a little while ago with my guy CK in Fresno, and, he, and, and I told him the same scenario, and he said, man, you sound like you're torn. I said, there's no doubt. <laughs> There's no doubt that I'm torn at that number seven spot, and I don't know what to do yet. Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis, I threw him in there just because he's another quarterback. That's obviously not the way I'm going to go, but he's available as well. So you let me know. 
Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis, all available at number seven. What do you think the Raiders should do? 69187, keyword R&R. Right now, my man Damon is efforting Curtis Crabtree from Fox 13 in Seattle. He's going to join the show to talk all things Seahawks and give us the number five pick overall in our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. And as he joins the show right now, Curtis, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you. It's been a minute. Fox 13 Seattle is where you can find Curtis and all his work. And I'll tell you, man, we were just talking about the Seahawks and saying how it feels like they have so many options available to them at number five. Like, how wide open is it for them when they come to the clock on number five in next week's draft? Well, I think they want everybody to think they have as many options open to them as they possibly can because that just helps your bargaining position too, right? Like, if if teams think you're going to take a quarterback, well, then the team looking for a quarterback behind you might be willing to give you a lot to come up and get one as well. I think when you look at the Seahawks, they have one clear, obvious need. They need massive help along the defensive line. Their their run defense last year was atrocious. Um, they they weren't super consistent with their pass rush throughout the season. They have to get better on the defensive line. They don't really have a nose tackle on the roster right now after Al Woods was released and Puna Ford remains out there as a free agent. Um, Fixing the defensive front was a, a big thing that they needed to do this offseason. It's why they went and signed Jaron Reed. It's why they went and got Draymond Jones. It's why they bought Bobby Wagner back at the second level. Um, but I don't think the job's done up there. So I think that's their clear and obvious need. But they do have other things they could do around the edges, too. And because they haven't picked this high in well over a decade, you have to consider the quarterbacks that are there, given the circumstance that they're in. So there are some things that they could do, but I think that's also beneficial to them to try to let everybody else out there think they could go a bunch of different ways as well. How much does the fact that they have two first-round picks impact what they do at number five? Like, do they have an opportunity to be a little bit riskier or take a guy that may have a few, you know, a few question marks off the field? Possibly, but you also don't want that pick to, to, to go to waste if you're wrong. Right, and the the guy I'll, I'll I mean the guy I'll point at here is something that you got to keep in your mind when you think about what Seattle's going to do at this situation. It's Malik McDowell. He was their top draft pick about six seven years ago. Didn't make it to training camp with them because he got into an ATV accident and busted his head in and and never played for them. He eventually came back years later to play a few games with Cleveland and so forth. But that whole scenario, there were, like he was a prospect that had some red flags about him, some concerns about him. They brought him in. They, he never saw the field for them one time in a training camp practice or otherwise. And so you can't let a pick that's as high up as number five. As I said, they haven't had a pick up in the top ten since they took Russell Okung, number six, in Pete's first year as head coach here in 2010. Um, they haven't picked that high because they've been good. They've been picking at the back end of the first round. And so to get that opportunity to take somebody, that dude needs to be an impact player you can count on. And that's why the Jalen Carter discussion is such an interesting one for the Seahawks in particular because of their history with a guy like Malik Malik McDowell just a few years back. You know, it's so funny because I've pegged Jalen Carter to the Seahawks for the longest, and someone else told me about Malik McDowell was like, yeah, that might have left a bad taste in their mouth. And Curtis, I was like, yeah, but that was 2017. They're not over that taste yet? And they're like, no, I don't think they are. So this is really a big factor. Malik McDowell is still kind of resonating with the front office, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it should. I mean, he, he was their top draft pick of that class. Again, because they you know, haven't picked high. I think they either traded down or that was one of their first round picks they traded for something or other. It might have been part of the Jimmy Graham trade. I don't remember what. <laughs> but they didn't have a first round pick. So he was their top pick in the second round, and he didn't play it down for them. And he was a guy who had character concerns about him. 
going into the draft. And granted, you're not going to necessarily think that, oh, well, he's going to get into an ATV accident and bang his head in and never be able to play football for you. But, I mean, it was a, it was a pick that had some risk to it that they went to because of his talent level, and it backfired on. And so I think they will be at least a little bit hesitant about it, at least when it comes to the Jalen Carter situation, to where if we're going to pick this dude, we got to know that we're right and, and that we've got all the boxes checked on that front to, to make sure that when it comes together that we feel confident in using a number five overall pick on a guy like that. Because otherwise we could just take like a Tyree Wilson or somebody else or, something, or trade down if you don't like who's there, add some more assets for later, and find the guy that you don't have to be worried about when you go to sleep that night. Curtis Crabtree, Fox 13, Seattle's our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Rough. This is my man DeMond's got one for you. You laid out a great a bunch of points about maybe why Jalen Carter wouldn't be the choice there. But for me, I know that Geno Smith, this is something that I'm interested about. Would they consider taking a quarterback at number five? I, I, they have to consider it. They have to consider it because you don't pick that high. They haven't picked that high. They don't anticipate picking up this high again anytime soon. Geno Smith had a terrific year for them last year, and he's got a, he's under contract for a couple more years for him. And because he hasn't played pretty much you know any football the last seven eight years, he should have a lot of mileage left under him. To where even if it's beyond this contract that he's under, um, if he wants to play, if he continues to take off and play well, they could ride him for several more years into the future in theory. But you don't pick number five very often. I think the obvious guy you're going to have to take a look at on the quarterback front is Anthony Richardson because of the tools and. You, you have to look at that, that frame and his athletic ability and the way he can throw the football and really dive into what he is as a prospect because all of that athleticism is so enticing uh, for that sort of situation. Granted, I get he's off the board here in this particular circumstance for me, but you have to consider that circumstance. In the same regard, the last two quarterbacks I can think of that went in the top ten who played as little football as Anthony Richardson has were Mitch Trubisky and Trey Lance. And neither one of those have gone very well in the NFL either. And I get Trey Lance has been hurt and hasn't played a lot either, but some of those games that he's played have been against Seattle, and it hasn't like jumped off the field at you thinking, like, man, this guy's going to be a dude if he can just stay healthy. I, it's something you have to be really concerned about, given he does have some accuracy issues, the lack of playing time, hasn't done it over a long stretch of time. And, again, to take a risk of using a pick that high up on a guy that you're not cert- certain about would, ha- would be a very tough thing to do. For the Seahawks, we know that they are basically right there at the top of the division. The Rams are selling the farm. The Cardinals have Kyler Murray out for most of next season. And then we don't know what Brock Purdy is going to look like or Trey Lance next season for the 49ers. So they they are looking they like <laughs> yes, they are looking like the clear team at top of the division. So do you think that will maybe determine if they take a safe pick at number five? Well, I, I think it factors into it a little bit. I think, I mean, look, the, the Seahawks and the 49ers are clearly the two like most consistently run organizations in the division. The Rams got hot there, were able to put things together um, to make their Super Bowl run and all that, and they threw every asset they they could find, every piece of loose change under the couch cushions and all that they could to make that team come together and work, and they're going to pay for it now. Seattle and the 49ers are going to continue this rivalry that they've had for the last decade or so and, and be the two teams at the top of the division, I think. And Seattle was, you know, had a chance to be right there last year as it was. If their defense could have been even average last year, they could have been right up there. But they were so bad on that side of the football um, at times, particularly in their front seven, that they just weren't able to compete with the true, truly great teams across the league last year. If they had a defense underneath them as well, the offense gave them plenty last season with the uh, you know, rookie of the year candidate and Ken Walker at running back, 
Rashad Penny played well before he got hurt early in the year. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the tight end position gave them enough. Geno Smith was fantastic. The offense gave them enough to be a really competitive team. The defense did not. And that's why it's such a focus still on them to get that side of the football shored up um, as they head into the draft year. And with the with as many top picks as they have, it's going to be an area they obviously need to still address in one way or another. Talking all things Seahawks right now with Curtis Crabtree, Fox 13, Seattle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. You mentioned earlier about trading back. How far back do you think they'd be comfortable trading and still getting an impact player? How, how far back do you think that they would be willing to go? Oh, John Schneider loves trading back. He loves taking more swings, you know, uh, more bites at the apple and, and adding more players as much as he can to, to add to the mix. And But that being said, this particular year, they're, they're, I think they have to consider it because they're right up against the cap kind of as it is right now, too. And so the lower picks you take, obviously, the, the less you cost to sign them as well. So the financial aspect of it might factor into this a little I don't think, that, again, because they haven't picked this high in so long, I don't think they're going to go super far back if they were to trade down. I think you could still move a few spots down, particularly if, a team, if say, Richardson is on, is on the board and the team behind them is super interested in coming up to get him. If they could move down, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight spots and still feel comfortable with the guys that could be, to the, uh, be available there to them on the defensive side of the football, I could see them absolutely doing a move like that if it means they add another first next year or, you know, the asset package has to be right. So I think they'll be willing to move, but I also think they don't want to squander the opportunity of having a top 10 pick if they, if they see a guy that they do like and want to commit to. Oh, yeah, the sweet sounds of the NFL draft right there. Curtis, you know what that means. That means Seattle's officially on the clock here on our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. Bryce Young is off the board. C.J. Stroud is off the board. Will Anderson is off the board. And Anthony Richardson is off the board, number four to the Colts. So with the fifth pick in our draft, who is Seattle taking? With all of what I just said being the case, I'm taking Jalen Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Because, look, I have not done the research on him that they have done. He is the best football player on the board available to me right now, and they need the defensive line help, so I'm going to take him. If they know otherwise, they won't take him. They'll do something else, but um, they will have dove into that situation. I'm taking the guy that I know off the top of the head here. Like People were projecting him to be the number one overall pick mm-hmm. talent-wise in this draft. They have defensive line issues. He's the top talent available. He's still there at number five. They're going to have to consider him, and that's why I'm going to take him here. Um, maybe there's something in there they don't like in, it, in his profile and all that, and the Malik McDowell concerns absolutely play a part of it. But he's a really good football player when he's on his game, and so I'm going to go ahead and make that my pick for now. Boom, there it is right there. Was there anyone else that you ever re- or ever considered, or was it Jalen Carter from the jump once you saw the way the board shook out? Yeah, I, I think Tyree Wilson absolutely plays into the conversation here, particularly since they like guys with unique traits, and he's got massively long arms um, that can – can, can really help leverage the point of attack. And anything along the defensive line should be open possibility for them to consider. Also, because of the pick at 20, that one thing John Schneider is really good at is thinking about what's going to be available to them in pockets of areas around the draft board later. If they know that, say, a Kalijah Kansi is going to be available there to them at 20, they might go in there if they think they can get their tackle at 20 or you know whatever the case yeah. may be. There's a, the way you kind of fit your way around the board can – factor in here. Wilson absolutely is going to be a consideration for them. If they trade down a couple spots, that might be the guy. And if they have concerns about Carter, that could be their guy just in general. 
but for for our purposes here, I'm going to go with the guy that's the, the best football player. I'm Makes a lot of sense. It really does. Jalen Carter, we're putting him up on the board next to Seattle at number five. Curtis, fantastic stuff. Uh, Fox 13 Seattle, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, hockey playoffs. Yes. Cracking her in the NHL <laughs> and Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time. Well, game one's tonight against Colorado, so that's one thing I'm heavily focusing on here. And might have to be doing day two of the NFL draft and, along with game six of the Stanley Cup finals here. Stanley Cup first round here next week. So going to be a busy little stretch for, for your boy up here coming up. Yeah, hey, you know what? Busy is a good thing, man. I'm not mad at that at all. VGK, the Golden Knights, they're getting underway tonight as well in the playoffs. So we know all about it here in Vegas. So uh, enjoy, Curtis. It's a great time. Thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care. All right, there he goes. Great stuff. Curtis Crabtree, Fox 13 Seattle. And, yeah, it's cool, right? The, the Kraken, uh, an expansion organization just like the Vegas Golden Knights were at one point, are in the playoffs with an opportunity to make some noise. Of course, the Golden Knights had to beat them twice to uh, earn that number one spot in the Pacific Division. They were able to do that. They get underway tonight. Excited about that as well. But there you go, DeMond. Jalen Carter, he's on the board for the, uh, for the Seattle Seahawks at number five, as we kind of suspected. But he did say Tyree Wilson was someone to think about it. I like it. So we'll put that on the board, plus we'll come back – David Burkett, freepress.com. We'll talk all things Lions. We'll, we'll get your feedback as well. If Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis are on the board at 7, what should the Raiders do? 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Through the question out there on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r if Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis are all available at number seven, what should the Raiders do? Mailman Raider chimed in and said, Q, all I want to say is if you take Will Levis in that national mock, I'm giving you the Cleve Furrow look and turning the radio off. LOL. And I chimed into the show yesterday, but my text went to my girl instead. My bad. Laughing my ass off from Mailman Raider. So he is all against Will Levis there at number seven. But Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis on this mock draft that I was asked to participate in are all available at seven. So I'm throwing it out there to you. What should the Raiders do? But for our sake and purposes here on Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920, we're at pick number six. We just heard from Curtis Crabtree from Fox 13 Seattle. He took Jalen Carter at number five. So at number six, now we bring in Dave Burkett, freepress.com there in Detroit. Been covering the Lions for a long time like a glove. And Dave, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. And man, before I get into any kind of thing about the draft, just... How was it covering the Lions last season with the whole Dan Campbell, with all the great sound bites from Hard Knocks? I wasn't buying it. And all of a sudden, the Lions go out there and put together a hell of a season. It didn't end the way they wanted to, but still turned into a really good season for Detroit. Yeah, you know, I've been asked that a lot because I've covered this team for a long time, <laughs> like you said, and uh, seen a lot of bad football, I guess, in my life. But, um, you know, I've told people before, I, I'm a believer in what they're doing, you know, and I think this is probably the first time that I've said that. I don't, I don't know that that means they're – going to the Super Bowl or anything, but I think they've got some good people in, in the right places, you know, people who are good at their jobs and, uh, you know, they're starting to amass some talent. And you're right, you know, Dan is, you know, he's really fostered a belief among, obviously, people in the organization, players, I, I think the fan base, too, just based on, you know, how genuine he is, you know, how he carries himself, uh, the buy-in that, that players seem to have. And, and so, uh, you know, when, when he's his... Uh, when he allows himself to be, you know, who he really is, right? He doesn't pull any punches, you know, sort of what you see is what you get, you know, warts and all. I think that 
allows everyone else under him to, to do the same, and, and that you know usually lets people be the best version of themselves. You know, just last week, the Lions made the move and traded their former number three overall pick, Jeffrey Okuda, the corner at Ohio State, to the Atlanta Falcons and didn't get a whole lot in return, but Okuda's basically been injured the majority of his career. How, how important was that to make that move happen before the draft came around? Well, you know, it wasn't a surprise. And, I, you know, they got a fifth-round pick and ate a little bit of money, so, you know, it's not a huge return. But um, the reality is, you know, Jeff probably needs a fresh start, you know, for his career. He's still a young guy, obviously had some injuries, uh, you know, a couple of his first two of, of his three seasons here in Detroit. Um, and from the Lions' standpoint, you know, he was he was probably the fifth cornerback on the roster. They signed three guys here in the agency, including C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who whether you slot him as a – you know, a slot corner or a safety, he's going to be a starter. Um, they got Jerry Jacobs back. They they re-signed Will Harris, who played a lot of nickel for them last year. So, you know, Jeff didn't have much of a role. And, you know, you, if you assume the Lions are going to take a cornerback, whether it's at 6 or 18 or somewhere else in the draft, you know, he would have been buried on the depth chart with not much special teams value. So for the Lions to get another draft pick for Brad Holmes to play around with, uh, I think it made a lot of sense. How does the the fact that the Lions have multiple first round picks, as you mentioned, six and eighteen? How does that impact what they do, even at six? Yeah, you know, I, I think I mean, obviously, it gives them some capital if they want to move up or down, or you know, kind of kind of play around with. I, I don't know that it it really impacts who they take at six. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Brad is the type. He said this before. You know, he doesn't believe in having a depth chart in his draft room because he doesn't want to be swayed by by need you know he just wants to take the best player on on his board and um so i, I don't know that it's, it's going to alter you know who they take at six but you're right like if you get a let's say a defensive lineman at six you know you you have the opportunity to, to impact another area of your defense at, at 18 or or you know maybe you know spend a pick on a guy that's going to help your offense and not have to worry about well if i do that i'm leaving my, my defense a little bit short so um it's good good to have and this is the second straight year they've had two first-round pick. So, um, you know, Lions are in the business of, of amassing talent right now, and I think that's why you see them, uh, you know, climb here in the NFL and are now one of these teams to watch uh, when we talk about playoffs. You know, as I mentioned as we started this, Jalen Carter is off the board on, on our pick, right? Seattle just took him at number five, and I think that there's a good chance that they do that in, in the real draft coming up next week. But having those two picks in the first round, would that sway Detroit at all if he's available at number six to say, you know what, he may be a little bit of a risk, but, man, the reward is big, and we have another pick in the first round. Yeah, and I understand that line of thinking, right? Like, hey, this is sort of a bonus pick, and we can we can take a shot on a guy where if he busts, we still got another guy that, you know, maybe we're going to be able to sign to a second contract. Um, again, I, I don't think the Lions quite look at it like that. You know, with Jalen Carter, it's really about fit and how is he going to be in the locker room and the culture. Is he, you know, Dan Campbell type of guy? Or, or if he's not, you know, would he be willing to conform to, you know, some of those standards that they've set? So um, I don't know the extra pick matters in that. Um, I, I think it's a it's a big debate, and they, they obviously had him in on a draft visit trying to figure out, you know, if he's worth the risk or not. Um you know, maybe we'll never know because if he goes five, I don't know that we'll ever get the right. true, true answer. But, um, you know, if I had to guess, if, if he was still there at six, let me put it this way, if he was still there at six, I would probably pass on him for the Lions myself. Okay, there you go. And a lot of Raider Nation's ears just perked up because they're like, well, all right, that means he might be on the board at number seven for the silver and black. Dave Burgett from FreePress.com is joining us here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and SA Rough. This is my man DeMond's got one for you. 
with Jared Goff, I've never seen a quarterback where it seems that everyone in the media is ready to put him on the next team while he's still doing well for the current team. So at that number six pick, do you think a quarterback could be on the board for the Lions? I don't think they're going to go quarter, quarterback high there. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, Jared, has, he's caught a lot of bullets. You know, he's caught a lot of strays, not just here in Detroit, but obviously in L.A. before that. And look, some of them deservedly so. I mean, he, you know, he had a lot of turnovers, obviously, at the, the end of his L.A. tenure there. Things didn't go well with him and Sean McVay, his first season in Detroit. You know, I, I don't think that was his, his best football either, um, even early last year. But he played really well the second half of the season. He was a big reason they won eight of their final ten games. Um, I don't know if he's a long-term answer, but I think the the Lions are very comfortable with him as their, as their quarterback. Um, you know, Brad Holmes had said something after the season that, that just, I think it rings true, you know, and in my conversations with, with people in the organization, it's sort of stuck in my head that it's a lot easier to get worse at quarterback than it is to get better. And so I think that's sort of, you know, as close as the Lions are here to contention, um, I just don't get the sense that they're willing to, uh, you know, take a guy that's not going to help them this year and, you know, that they that may set them back at some point when they're, when they're you know, in this, this sort of contending mode. So, uh, they did bring in T.J. Stroud, and maybe he's the the one you know wild card if Houston doesn't like a quarterback and they pass. And you know Indy likes Anthony Richardson. You know I know there's some rumors out there to those effects, and maybe C.J. Stroud is sitting there at six, and the Lions have a decision to make. But um, as things stand right now, I don't think they take a quarterback. I know for the Lions or Lions fans, they would be thinking. Defense, defense, defense in this draft. The offense was fine last year, but they are losing Jamal Williams. Could Bijan Robinson maybe Ooh. be on their board? Maybe not at six, but maybe even at 18. I mean, come on. He's the best running back in the draft, and they are going to need some help in the running game this year. I've given him uh, to the Lions and won one or two of my mocks. I, I definitely think he'd, he'd be a fit for them. Like you said, probably not at six, just the, the value of the position there, though. You know, again, who knows, right? I, I'm sure they have him ranked highly on, on their board. I mean, he checks all the boxes on the field as a player and, and off, you know, from a character standpoint. Um, you know, but uh, look, they, they, they added David Montgomery in free agency. He's going to be their starter right now. DeAndre Swift's on the last year of his deal. Uh, you know, Bijan Robinson, I think, is the type of talent that could really impact this offense. He could really be a big time player for them. And the other part of that, don't forget Brad Holmes, the Lions GM. He was in L.A. when the Rams spent uh, the number 10 overall pick on Todd Gurley and what that meant to Jared Goff and that Rams offense. So uh, a little bit different you know, scenario and certainly different you know, time, but I, uh, I do think B. John Robinson will be in the mix for the Lions if they trade down from six or, or maybe at 18. Moving back over to the defensive side of the ball, maybe not so much a draft-related question, but how big of an impact is John Fox going to have on the Lions defense going forward? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's he's really just sort of in, um, you know, consultant mode. I mean, he, he obviously he's there as a senior defensive assistant, but this is Aaron Glenn's defense, and, you know, it will continue to be his, his sort of work. Um, you know, as, as Dan Campbell has said, John Fox is sort of an extra set of eyes and ears, right, and, and experiences maybe for, for Aaron Glenn. He can he can sort of cover his blind spots a little bit. So um, I think it's it's important to have one of those guys on your staff, um, I don't know exactly what that means for you know in terms of improvement this year. I, I think with or without him, they expected to be better just based on the you know the number of rookies that they had playing last year, key roles on defense, and the, the youth, the relative youth that they have on that side of the ball still. Plus some of the additions they made you know from a personnel standpoint. So um, it's good to have him in, but 
um, I think any changes or any improvements they make would be you know, sort of irrespective of him. Oh, yeah, we know what that means. We know what that sound is then, Dave. We've been around the block enough times to know what that means. It's time to make a pick at number six for the Detroit Lions so far off the board. Bryce Young went number one. C.J. Stroud went number two. Number three was Will Anderson to Arizona. We had Anthony Richardson going four to the Colts, and we just had Jalen Carter off the board at number five to the Seattle Seahawks. So what says you when it comes to the number six overall pick in the Detroit Lions? Yeah, well, that leaves the Lions taking Tyree Wilson, the uh, defensive end from Texas Tech. And, you know, frankly, I think the Lions would be extremely thrilled with that pick. I mean, another big defensive end pair with Aiden Hutchinson. You got two really big ends there for that run defense. You know, he's still a work in progress as a pass rusher, but um, nothing that the coaching staff doesn't look at and say, wow, you know, we can, this guy is so talented, we can really get the most out of him, and that can, that can really, uh, you know, complete our, our defense. So, um, I think the Lions would be thrilled to get him at number six if he's there. And, and uh, in this scenario, he's he's absolutely the pick for the Lions. That's an awesome pick. It really is. I can only imagine Dan Campbell being super excited to have Tyree Wilson there as a part as a part of that team. Excuse me. I think that that would be great. We're going to actually have his head coach, Joey McGuire from Texas Tech. He'll be on the show tomorrow at three thirty our time to uh, to talk oh, wow. about Tyree Wilson and Joey McGuire. I don't know how much you've heard from him. That dude is a ball of energy. I mean, that guy, he's going to bring the heat. I'm excited about that. But, Dave, Tyree Wilson, that's a fantastic pick. Yeah, you know, I haven't talked to his coach, and that's kind of my bad. It's one of those things that I had on my list to do and haven't got around to reaching out to, to people down there. But I, I think, honestly, I look at the this draft, and, you know, Will Anderson, probably the best pass rusher, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, more maybe in more an outside linebacker type in the Lions, you know, maybe hit a home run with James Houston there last year. So, um, Jalen Carter, interior rushers, probably the best fit for what they need. Uh, after that, I think Tyree Wilson is, is number two, and he comes with fewer question marks than Jalen Carter. So, to me, Tyree Wilson is, is probably the, the best pick that the Lions could have at number six. I agree. I agree 100%. A lot of, uh, a lot of folks have, uh, like, Devin Witherspoon slotted in at number six for the Lions, like, nationally. But, as you mentioned, they do have a lot of corners right now on the depth chart. So, that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Tyree Wilson, we're going to put him up on the board, the edge out of Texas Tech, next to your name and the Detroit Lions. Fantastic stuff. Dave, what you working on? What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for, talking about the Lions and, and preparing for the draft? Oh, man, lots of draft stuff, right? B. John Robinson, <laughs> I will be writing about him uh, later this week. We get Brad Holmes. I got a, uh, there's a, a linebacker. Uh, got some local ties up here uh, that spent last year at Kansas. Lorenzo McCaskill has got a really interesting draft story. And I got a, a podcast that will be dropping later this week uh, with uh, my friend Rhonda Moss uh, on iHeartRadio. Nice, nice. I like it a lot. Well, fantastic stuff, Dave. Thanks for making some time for us this afternoon. I know your son has a baseball game, so good luck to your son, and thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys again. All right, appreciate you. There he goes, Dave Burkett, freepress.com, at Dave Burkett on Twitter. And there you go, Tyree Wilson. That's a great pick. That is a really good pick, especially if a guy like Jalen Carter is someone that you really need, but you kind of have some questions about the off the field. I think Tyree Wilson is fantastic. And now he's off the board in our mock draft here at number six to the Detroit Lions, which leaves both the corners, leaves Will Levis, leaves multiple options. Ed Graney's going to have his hands full. Coming up at around 3.30 when, we, uh, when, when he's on the clock with the number seven overall pick. He's got all the responsibility for the silver and black. But I do like that with Tyree Wilson. And as I told Dave, Joey McGuire, the head coach there at Texas Tech, will join the show tomorrow at 3.30, our time, Pacific time, to talk all things Tyree Wilson, what he meant to that Red Raider program. And, uh, again, you'll just – I promise you, if you've never heard from or heard of Joey McGuire, you will fall in love with the dude 
as soon as you hear from him. The guy's got so much energy and so much passion about what he does and his players. You can't help but to root for the guy. So that'll be coming up tomorrow. But coming up next, we're going to get your calls and get your texts at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line. We've got plenty of texts rolling in already at 69187, keyword R&R. The question I threw out there to you, and the reason I threw it out there to you is because I'm on the ESPN National uh, mock draft little list, and they rolled out all the players that have been selected already, and all the Raiders are on the clock right now. They gave me the updated board. Bryce Young is gone. Will Anderson is gone. Tyree Wilson is gone. C.J. Stroud and Jalen Carter. And then Detroit picked uh, picked Devin Witherspoon. So uh, basically for me, Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis, all available at seven. Who should I select? So I threw that out there to you. If all those guys are available at number seven, what do you think that the Raiders should do? 69187, keyword R&R. Again, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. If Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis are all available at 7, what should the Raiders do? We've already had picks 1 through 6 so far on our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. We'll have pick 7, the Raiders, coming up at 3.30 with Ed Graney from the RJ and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Got a couple answers here on the don'tbebroke.com text line I want to get to real quick. Trey and KC, real simple, AR-15. That's his answer. My man Jess, Vegas Jess, he said Anthony Richardson. He said, it goes against everything I've been saying, but how often do you get a chance to get a game changer? So, And look, I didn't think he'd be available at 7. I really didn't. I was shocked when I realized, like, oh, wow. You know, Devin Witherspoon was taken at 6. Okay. But Anthony Richardson's available at 7? And Christian Gonzalez? And Will Levis? Like, okay. There's some options that are out there. I think Tyree Wilson going number two overall to the Texans in the mock draft that that I'm talking about, I think that that's what really threw everything off, right? So that's what kind of made him available at number seven. But that's uh, that's from Trey in Kansas City. And, of course, uh, Vegas Jess said Anthony Richardson as well. Sir Whiskey Ray, Q&D, it's a no-doubter. If Gonzalez is there at seven, he's a Raider. It fits a knee, but most importantly, this kid could be special here for the Raiders for years to come. Immediately, Gonzalez will start and make an impact. If Levis is picked at number seven, I'll put my head into the ground and not come out until J-Lo officially divorces Ben Affleck. Side note, that shouldn't take long. <laughs> That's all I have for today. Oh, wait, Q, how you feeling about your doves falling short against the Kings? Kings look like the real deal. I expect an intense game three here in the Bay. It's a must win for the dubs. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And yeah, man, hey, I got to take that L. Light right? the beam. Hey, light the beam. You can you can shout all you want over there, Demond, because your Grizzlies aren't looking so hot. But I've been saying it for a long time that the Warriors ain't ain't it this year. I've been saying that. I don't think that they respected the season. I think that they BSed on the road. And you just can't all of a sudden go into a playoff atmosphere. By the way, they're the three seed. And just think that you're going to flip the script. And because you got championship DNA, you're going to take over. Like, hey, they've been battling. They've been two really good games. I love the intensity. I love the rivalry. You know, it's great. But they're down 0-2. Sacramento's been a better team. It's just that simple. They're, they've been the better team. What do you think about Draymond out here going Stone Cold Steve Austin and stomping I think the mud holes? I, I think Draymond's uh, act is getting old and tired. I've been saying it for years. He's the engine that makes the, the Warriors go. But it, it's just getting uh, – it's, it's becoming an old act now, right? I mean, he didn't have to stomp on dude. I don't think he stomped on him as hard as it, you know, people made it believe. Because if he really did, I mean, I think dude would still be there. Right. But at the same time, it was unnecessary. We all know that it was unnecessary for dude to grab his leg. It was unnecessary for Draymond to act like Draymond and then go barking at the, you know, the fans and calling them names and doing all that stuff like, dude, kick rocks. Just go. You get you're getting ejected. Go on. Do whatever you do. So this is the last year of Draymond in, in Golden State. There's no doubt he'll be a Laker next year. But that's that's a conversation for another day. Let's go out to the phone lines. Talk to our guy. 502 Raider D. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. 
Hey, how we doing today? We're blessed. Um, I believe, man, realistically, that I've been a Raiders fan over four years, and I've seen the Jamarcus Russells and DJ Hayden and uh, you know Robert Galleries and all those guys at the World Man. So it's kind of crazy in the first round that we're picking. But realistically, man, after listening, I was in the same boat that you were with the Richardson guy. Like he's a young dude; he doesn't have a lot of starts. Man, listening to this kid. And, and, and seeing what everybody's saying about him and his work ethic and how he works and how he operates and how his brain works, man, I'm 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 sold. I'm in. <laughs> I think he grabbed that. If you can get that guy, I think the excitement that he'll bring to Vegas, the seats will be sold out every every time with Raiders fans instead of all these fans from other teams. So, man, I'm I'm in on Richardson all day long. I like it. Great call. And you know what? That's something that I think about too, man. That work ethic that he has, the way that he's just super intelligent, you can see that, you can hear that, and everything that he says, as you mentioned, you know, reading what uh, his his work on the playerstribune.com, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, there's so much to like about Anthony Richardson. I want a deep dive and just be like, well, the hell with it. I'm, I'm, I'm with DeMond now. I'm going Anthony Richardson. Like, that's how I want to feel. But at the same time, man, I also know that the defense needs to be addressed. And Christian Gonzalez, just like uh, we heard from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray, would fill a void that the Raiders really need. He could be a a, a dude. And I know a lot of people are leery. First-round cornerback, I get it. Look, everyone is a crapshoot. No one's guaranteed. Even offensive linemen that are normally a pretty safe pick, even they're not guaranteed to pan out. So it kind of is what it is. got to trust your scouting and hope you get the right guy. 2.56 at the time. When we come back, John McClain, gallerysports.com. He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.